Welcome to the American Council of the Blind's Advocacy Update for the week of September 24th, 2018. Hi, everybody. This is Tony Stevens. And this is Claire Stanley. And I'm the Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs for the American Council of the Blind. And I'm the Advocacy and Outreach Specialist at ACB as well. And this is the first of a series, that's right, a series of podcasts that Hopefully will be... Hopefully a long-lasting series. A long-lasting series. series that will be podcast updates from the American Council of the Blind here from our wonderful offices in the suites high above Alexandria, <laughs> towering over, actually it's not a tower, we're in a four-story brick building in South Alexandria. High here on the fourth floor. High here on the fourth floor of the other association that I never can remember the name of the building. Yeah, neither can I. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're in South Alexandria just across the Potomac River from Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. I'm and sure if we could see, you could probably see some of D.C. <laughs> maybe. You'll you'll see the whatever hotel that is down the street. Oh, probably. I think yeah. that's towering. But yeah, so here we are. And this is, you know, we've been trying to think of ways to, to get people more up to date on what's taking place in Washington. I know there's been some, some people wanting to hear more. And we're trying to think of some, some good ways to improve communication. And we thought, hey, what better way than a podcast? Because... Everybody has a podcast. These All the days. cool kids these days All are doing the cool it. Kids, and that that leads us to the next question: What do we call the podcast? Yeah, um, we want you guys' input. Yeah, we need some help. This is an unnamed podcast. Well, I guess we have to have a name. Yeah, you, you're not a podcast. Off, we can without change a name. the name. Yeah. Um, what are those flash games you play, like in social networking groups? Like, okay, podcast name. Think of it. Go now, Stanley. Yeah. Um. Um. Uh. The Hill, the, I don't uh, know. We'll get sued for that one. Uh, the Washington, uh, <laughs> The Washington, rrr. How do we spell rrr? Um, Inside the Beltway. Use, inside um, the Beltway. I don't want to use, like, blindness as, like, a pun or something. Oh, but There's I enough. love punny things. Yeah. Um, what's, what's piffy about the Hill in Washington and... Piffy about the hill in Washington and vision loss. Um, the capital. An ear on Washington. An ear on Washington. <laughs> Instead of an eye on Washington. I like How it. How does that sound? Yeah, I ear like on, it. Ear, ear on, on DC. Ear, ear on, on Washington. What's a, an acronym with DC? Um, you can do the D ear something. Ear on DC. The something uh, EDC. capital. EDC. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, we could spend the whole podcast just trying so to So basically you hear how we can't think of anything, so we need suggestions. We do so need suggestions. I think when we set this up, there's going to be a ability to send in emails or chat messages or however the technology works. So send us ideas. <laughs> you, can, you can email your suggestion to advocacy at acb.org. Uh, if, you, if you have a name for the podcast, again, advocacy at acb.org. And let us know. Let us know. Uh, and we will, we have no prizes to give out, um, but we will give you great recognition if you come up with a creative name. Otherwise, we'll just put our heads together, and when there's episode number two, that will have a name, and we will get it set up. Lord willing, we will think of something. <laughs> we will think of something. So what's taking place in Washington, D.C.? We are in the throes of September. We are very close to the end of a fiscal year for the federal government. Yep. The government, for folks that don't know, uh, operates on an October 1st to September 30th calendar. 
So all those taxpayer dollars are put in in little bags with dollar signs. Oh, I hope And they're that's stored. True. And then come October first, they they start passing the bags around, and and federal government gets its money. Uh, that is if Congress passes a budget. Dun dun dun. Uh, we are at that point where we do not have a a full budget uh, for appropriations and and spending for the 2019 fiscal year that'll begin October 1st. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we very well can move into what's called a continuing resolution. Or a CR for those a who A CR know. for those keeping record. Mm -hmm. uh, and the CR is, is kind of Washington speak. Usually they will pass short-term budget spending, which a continuing resolution means we're spending what we, what we have been spending before. It's mm -hmm. level spending, not an increase, not a decrease. And, and they do that till they get a budget passed. And we've been doing that for many, many years now in recent history. I think we've had more CRs uh, than, than concrete budgets. Don't quote me on that, but it just feels like that. And I'm sure for a lot of you guys out there, you know that come this November, we're having elections and could change things up a lot. So I know I've heard a lot of talk about, well, we just pass a CR until November and then everything could change. So It could. And that, that usually goes into a lame, what they call the lame duck session. But... You know, recently the lame ducks have actually been very active, and we'll talk a little bit about that later when we're talking about some the of the lame ducks aren't so lame. <laughs> they're not as lame. They're, I want to say they're the mighty ducks because I love that movie, and <laughs> I don't want to steal away from hockey, uh, junior hockey fans. And we might have some copyright uh, issues going on there, which too. we can talk about in a minute on something person, else. The last person I want us writing a cease and desist letter is the, the Disney, Disney company <laughs> yeah. of. Anaheim? I don't know where they're located at, I guess. Uh, California. Disney, California. Disney, yeah. Uh, but we do, you know, have some issues that are that are on the radar for the next week and a half until we get to the end of the month as well. At, well less than a week and a half, yeah. actually. Uh, and, then, and then we also you know, have some things that will go into the, the post-November election. Uh, lame duck... Howard the Duck, whatever that session could be called, um, <laughs> moving into after the election. So uh, we have on the plate to talk about, and these have been some email announcements and action alerts we've sent out, is the Marrakesh Treaty, uh, which is an important treaty that, that passed with unanimous consent from the Senate back mm -hmm. in June, Yep. Uh, but has not yet passed through the House. And there's a, there's a minor copyright fix that needs to get done to what's called the Chafee Amendment, the thing that we we've come to know has given us the National Library Service and how we get books on tape and, and accessible media in the U.S. Uh, there's a minor thing uh, that needs to get fixed in that copyright law. And Good that old has copyright to work through, law. That has to work through the Judiciary Committee and the House of Representatives mm -hmm. and be brought up for a floor vote. Uh, but it's already passed the Senate, which means technically the treaty has been ratified. Uh, but just for us to, to legally uh, abide to it here in the U.S., we need to do this fix. Exactly. I wanted to jump in and say it's actually the technical long name is the Marrakesh Treaty Implementation Act. Because as a, an aside, if you guys aren't aware of it, the Marrakesh Treaty was actually passed back in 2013. And it opens the, the uh, doors, if you will, to trade... Um, any type of literature out there, written materials, so that we can share materials in an accessible format for those of us with any type of reading disability, including those who are blind. And so the treaty was actually passed five years ago, but, you know, legislation moves slowly, laws move slowly. And so now here in 2018, we're trying to get this through the House, uh, this House now. It's already gone through the Senate, and now we're in the House. So it's important. It's been five years, and we're trying to push it through. 
And, and again, it was a unanimous consent. Every member of the Senate that was there to vote, 98 or 9, you know, it was almost the full Senate. Senator yeah. McCain, I think, was out, and uh, I think one other senator. But, you know, it, there was no debate. Claire and I were in the Foreign Relations yeah. Committee when they voted on the treaty out of the committee. And, and there was great praise from both Republicans and Democrats. So our hope is that yeah. folks can call the House of Representatives and, and urge them to go ahead and move this, this treaty that has had no opposition at all amongst Republicans or Democrats uh, out, out onto the floor of the House for a vote. And so, you know, there's a couple of ways that can get done. Uh, and, and our hope is that, you know, a member of the Judiciary Committee can call for a vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, so if it's, if it's the, the, the chairman of the committee or, or members, they can go ahead and call that for a vote. So if your member is on that committee and you're a member of Congress and the House of Representatives, they have a unique position. Uh, but two, if, if we can just show the, the Speaker of the House is, you know, that if there's unanimous consent in the House as well. You know, they can bring it up for a vote as well up on the House. So Yeah, so we encourage everybody to do your part and go and check it out. If you go to house.gov, um, you can find out who your rep is and if, you know, how to contact them. You can also just call the general switchboard at 202-224-3121, I believe it is. And yeah, please get involved. If you just Google who the members of the Judiciary Committee, you can find those who are actually working on it, who could, you know, have a, um, a play in it. But everybody get involved. It's super important. And that number again is 202-224-3121. And, and usually the switchboard operators or even the automated system is pretty easy to use to find your House of Representative member mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and call and just let them know that you are a, a person who's blind or a person that supports you know people who are blind in the community and really want to have the book famine ended around the world for mm-hmm. accessible media. Uh, the Marrakesh Treaty is you know really wrestles with I think it's like less than five percent of the yeah, literature the around the world yeah. is accessible in an accessible format for people who are blind and you know if you're traveling abroad in Paris let's say and you want to bring along your copy of Harry Potter uh, in Braille um, you know you would be bootlegging in a sense so <laughs> uh, you know we we have to respect international copyright laws and the nice thing about the treaties of the countries that are have already passed. Uh, with this uh, is that you know these are we've had needed 20 countries to have it implemented Uh, I think we will be the 40th I think uh, just around there I think I saw that 41 has uh, ratified it so far so we'll be in the the early 40s pretty close yeah in June we would have been the 40th so see there's already since June other folks signing on so So come on US catch up yeah come on guys (laughs) yeah so that's Marrakesh so hooray for Marrakesh woohoo uh, what's the song Crosby, Stills, and Nash, the Marrakesh Express? Uh, I know that's on your playlist, Claire. Oh, yeah, you know it. <laughs> it's old. All these it might come up in our podcast, the, uh, the difference between our ages. But, See, we can you know. do the, we can do the, uh, I think I could play that song if we did a critique on it. Don't we get copyright? Oh, do we? we? Critique on it? I don't know. Oh. We'll see. We'll I have to look up IP I'll, law. I'll, yeah, I'll have to look up IP law and make sure I can... Maybe add add that song in if we pass it, and then we can do a complete critique on the song. There and, we go. And and see, it'll be new on you. It'll be educational. Yeah, course. there we go. I like You're it. You're not schooled in the ways of Crosby, Stills, Nash. No, nope, I'm not. So there you go, Marrakesh, 
Bring it up for a vote. That's what we want in the House. Super important. What else is going on on the Hill, Claire, in Washington? Um, we've got a lot of stuff going on with the, I always get this wrong, the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration. Thank you. I always miss the avia- aviation in yeah. the, as one of the A's. Thank you. The thing that, that lets our airports still have you know flight controllers and air traffic controllers and, and the things for the airport, uh, that, that gets reauthorized you know for spending measures mm-hmm. and and so there's there's a couple of things in that that are not necessarily tied to traffic controllers um, and airports but airlines yes what's what's some of the airline stuff that's been a hot topic some of the hot topics as I'm sure nobody will be surprised as we've got a lot of service animal talk stuff going on mm-hmm. um, the big iconic story I think most Americans heard this past year that really fueled the discussion was the story about the peacocks or the peacock I should say one peacock um, a, a passenger decided to bring their emotional support I'm doing quotes although I don't know it could have truly been an emotional support peacock on the plane but that really um, spurred on the topic about what an emotional support animal is versus a service animal and on under the air carriers actus act also a third category of psychiatric support animals and so now we've had lots and lots and lots and lots of discussions of what falls under the air carriers access act um, what needs to be amended or shouldn't be amended so it's been quite the hot topic here in dc as far as you know what's gonna stay the same and what's not gonna stay the same we actually had a um this past summer there was an advance notice of propo- proposed rulemaking i can never say that term in one breath um over um what rules should look like as far as those three categories of animals on planes so um like tony says now a lot of that stuff is coming up um under the faa um new uh Resolution. What's the term that I'm blanking on? The um. There's an there's a potential amendment. Thank you. Well, thank we're, you. We're thank looking you. for an amendment uh, to come, and this is yeah. not in stone yet. No. But it, in so in the House version of the bill that has already passed, there was sort of a passenger bill of rights mm-hmm. uh, that that actually will will extend some some solid oversight and protections for for passengers with disabilities. You know, seating accommodations. A lot of concerns from the folks in the mobility impairment yes, physical community, disabilities yeah uh, our, our, our friends in that community uh, but there's also some things around service animals because congress had called on dot to move forward on department the of service transportation. yeah the department yeah. of transportation to move forward on the service animal rule and so we went into negotiations with the airlines a couple of years ago mm-hmm. those flatlined and we weren't able to come to a consensus with the airlines and since then, the airlines have been sort of going it on their own. Delta was the first this year to sort of launch a new policy change. I'm sure you all heard and, back in yeah, early in the and year. That was a, that was sort Delta, of following United. the peacock on United. Yeah. yeah, there's been a lot of these. Southwest, I think, was the most recent one. And they haven't really been negatively impacting service animals. We, we had to push back because at first they were going to negatively impact guide dog users and make it real challenging, a lot of hoops to jump through. They just make it – it's hard enough to travel when you're an independent traveler as it is with your dog. Uh, and, and, you know, but we were fortunate to engage with the airlines and, and, and work so that service animal users were not negatively impacted by these policies. At the same time, Senator Burr from North Carolina has introduced a piece of legislation that would basically align the ADA definition of service animals and the DOT definition. So the Air Carrier Access Act is, is a looser definition of you know, allowing people with emotional support. You can't take uh, an emotional support animal into a restaurant, let's say, 
under the ADA. Two different laws. Yep. Two different laws. The Air Carrier Access Act, you can take that animal onto an airplane, though. So, And that's been a lot of the issues and concerns with the fraud and abuse and, and people getting fake false documentation, having their pets. Uh, Claire and I are both guide dog users, and my dog's been attacked several times by suspicious animals at the airport that are that are claimed to be emotional support. What folks don't know is if an animals, any animals, even service animals, are acting up and, and getting rambunctious, you can kick them off the plane. Mm-hmm. They don't need that fly. Yep. Uh, they can deny access to that. And I think a lot of airlines don't realize that they have that sort of power and authority. What this piece of legislation will do, and we're, we're, we're hearing that it could get popped into the FAA reauthorization, is it would, it would align more the Air Care Access Act with the Department of Justice. And if you are a person committing fraud, it could put some damage on you as well. So if you are maliciously taking your pet and saying, my pet is a service animal, let's say. Uh, Which can, everybody and their mother is saying these days. Yeah, it's, it's ever since there was an article in The New Yorker, I think it was like four or five years ago, and ever since that article, it really spiked. Uh, which tells me a lot of New Yorker readers uh, have pets, I guess. Um, <laughs> so it was a fascinating article, if you want to Google it, in The New Yorker, that, that sort of, as this was all sort of unfolding from years ago. Now, in terms of the way that works, is you know, so they'll, they'll might put it as an amendment, uh, you know, uh, and, and we'll we'll just have to see. Uh, we've got a, f- a little over a week before that reauthorization expires, so we're thinking that'll move in the week when when this is pushed out. This is hopefully this will come out the week of the twenty fourth of September, uh, when which is only a few days this, away. Which only yeah, only a few days away. So who knows when you listen to this? Yeah, it might already be passed. It might have already passed. Yeah. So you can Google it and and. and Pretend you have a crystal ball, and it's called the past now. <laughs> uh, so that's the FAR authorization. There's also another bill that has been talked about putting into the FAA because FAA goes through the Energy and Commerce Committee. Uh, well, the, uh, what is it? Energy, uh, Science, and Commerce. The, yeah. Uh, in the Senate, uh, they have a longer title than that, but it's essentially it covers transportation and other issues is the AV START Act, and this has to do with autonomous vehicles. Autonomous vehicles, vehicles, yeah. And we've had a lot of discussion and conversations with just the disability community alone, but then the larger industry, we've we've been part of a coalition called the Coalition for Future Mobility, and the AV START Act has two things in it that are of interest. Uh, One is that it it says you cannot discriminate when it comes to ownership and and licensing for these vehicles under people covered under the Americans with Disability Act. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's been a few states this past year, Indiana tried to pass a law, I think Georgia did as well, that would have said if you, you know, you have to pass the vision test to own one of these. You have to do traditional licensing to own one of these and opera or to operate them. Which is huge because those of us in the blind and VI community have thought for years, wow, when we get these AV cars, that's awesome. It's opening the door for all of us to be able to drive. But now we're getting really nervous because what happens when, you know, these AV um, services do come out and, you know, are we going to be able to use them? Our state's going to have laws that, you know, work against us, those kinds of things. So, you know, it's not just not just people that are blind but i mean there's a lot That's of people true. out there that can't drive a car for all for kinds whatever of different reasons, reasons. I mean, it's very true yeah um folks that uh duis uh, you know that have lost their license folks that maybe have had uh other physical impairments Impairment, of, yeah. of uh like a stroke or something the like that the whole spectrum of disabilities yeah. yeah uh you know i mean there there are folks with disabilities that, that can drive cars and have cars outfitted but there's a lot of folks that can't and so the idea that you would you know Here's a, here's a group of people that can that can get around. 
mm-hmm. like you know other groups that have been in support of this like mothers against drunk driving um have, have been in support of, of these efforts to get the autonomous vehicles out there's been some safety concerns uh, you know we've had the chance to work closely with the industry uh, and the, the industry automakers and tech folks we've worked with silicon valley or, or the auto industry you know there's they're they're taking this very seriously and putting mm-hmm. a lot of redundancies into these systems uh, a lot of stop gaps there was a, a fatality with uber and they they scrapped their whole program almost immediately after there was a fatality in, in tempe that was a person not on a crosswalk but sort of leaping out of shadows mm-hmm. and you know even if it was a human driver uh, this person probably probably would have yes just the, the unfortunate reality of pedestrians the fatality sometimes is just people not thinking their best trying to cross at bad places to that end uber responded not by regulation but really by public pressure i think it just or just the public image alone really put you know i think made them put everything on on hold, hold yeah and and as rightly so to figure out what what can we do better to prevent this from happening in the future uh, but the reality is you know roughly about six thousand pedestrians a year get hit by cars with human drivers with human drivers yeah you know, there's a little over 40,000 or roughly 40,000 people a year die, others in the vehicles. And, and you know, they say there's a NHTSA stat that 94% of people that are that are killed in auto as a result of automobiles is from distraction, human error. And a big portion of that we know is distracted drivers. Yeah. So at least, I mean, I've been hit three times. My wife always says I have bad karma. Um, and, and, karma. You know, all three of those times was the drivers weren't paying attention. So... You know, our hope is that this technology can really not just be pedestrian safety, but also for us, just mobility and independence. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's a big piece of, uh, of potential legislation. There's another working group that would be created by the AV Start Act that would allow people with disabilities in, in, to come to the table with industry, uh, similar to how we've had success in other areas with industry and these advisory groups and mm-hmm. oversight, you know, sort of groups that help form regulation and recommendations. Uh, we found real success in that in some areas of the tech sector, and I think it would allow us to be at the table with other industry, not just the ones we're working with now, but other folks in industry, to really make sure that these systems are accessible. Because that's what's so important, too. You know, we're here on the sidelines saying, let's make sure these cars are accessible. And I I think the, the industries don't have any malice in mind, but they're so, you know, focused on, ooh, how are we going to make these cars work? And what are they going to look like? And what are all the bells and whistles that they could easily, you know, forget? Like, oh, this could really benefit, you know, people who are blind or people with mobility disabilities, et cetera. And, you know, that's not their main focus. But we can come in and say, hey, if you make the screen a touch screen, with some kind of voiceover function, then the blind community can use it. So having us at the table right there can really help for us to work together so that we can have things accessible from the get-go and we don't have to go back and retrofit things or you know wait for the next iteration. So letting us be there at the table from the get-go would be huge. Exactly. And that's, you know, I think that's kind of our, from a legislation, that's our deep dive. Uh, that's that's uh, the things going on here in Washington right now. We're going to watch the budget. Yep. We, we are not forecasting significant dramatic cuts in spending right now. Uh, it's looking like, you know, there were even some, some pluses in the budget that was passed earlier in the year. Uh, that was a continuing resolution that the budget finally got passed in spring. And that, you know, even like APH, American Printing House for the Blind, got a little extra money. 
uh, Helen Keller National Center for the Deaf Blind. They, they uh, I know appropriations were good. Uh, one of the things we asked for in our mid-year uh, conference in D.C. when folks went to the Hill was, you know, some programs, and they were all uh, continued to be supported. So we're, we're fortunate, but uh, we're going to have an interesting year when we look at the revenue dollars coming in with the difference in tax cuts this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. When we close out this year's books in, in April 15th. Uh, with with the federal income taxes and 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 see what revenues at and start having some more serious conversations. But for now, uh, you know, I don't think there's anything draconian in the budgets that that we've been catching wind of. Uh, so we'll keep folks posted. And next time we do another episode of the podcast, we'll be able to share more on on what was passed and what's happening. But yeah, any other last minute uh, news items? I don't think so, but let us know what you guys want to hear about. You know, there's constantly new things going on that we're trying to catch and trying to talk about. So um, Tony said you could contact us again at advocacy at acb.org. That's advocacy at a, like American Council of the Blind, dot org. Um, We want to hear what you guys want to know about. That's what we're here for. So uh, when we open our our inbox, we want to hear from you guys. So Exactly. So. Give us some ideas, uh, title as well. Please. If you had some thoughts for what we should call this shindig. And in the meantime, keep advocating. Please. Thanks to everybody for the calls and supports to your to your members of Congress. We're going to be doing a special episode on voting over the next few weeks. Yes. Because that's an important issue. So we'll have a whole episode dedicated to voting. We're going to be looking at employment in October. It's National Disability Employment Awareness Month starting Ending, in a little yep. over a week. And we're going to talk about accessibility and voting and some other things like that. So, yep. excellent. Claire, we survived. We did it. Thanks, Episode Tony. Episode number one in the can. Awesome. So, we need a sign off. What do we say to say goodbye? Oh, gosh. Keep advocating. Thanks for listening to the first episode of the ACB Advocacy Update podcast. A couple of quick show notes before signing off. For referencing bill numbers, the AmeriCash Treaty Implementation Act is Senate Bill 2559, that's S2559. For the AV Start Act, that is Senate Bill number 1885, that's S1885. You can reach your member of Congress's office by calling the Capitol switchboard at 202-224-3121. And if you have any questions or comments about this podcast or anything we discussed, feel free to drop us an email at advocacy at acb.org. Learn more about the American Council of the Blind by visiting our website at www.acb.org.